0: and we're up. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casino. Nothing else comes close. Our first player inductee is Tom Barrasso. A native of Boston, Tom was selected fifth overall by the Buffalo Sabres in the 1983 entry draft. With the Sabres, in 1984, Tom won the Calder Trophy and the Vesna Trophy while also being a member of the NHL's All-Rookie and First All-Star teams. The next player in the player category is Pierre Turgeon. Growing up in Rouen, Quebec, Pierre Turgeon starred started for the Granby Bisons before being selected first overall by the Buffalo Sabres in the 1987 entry draft. In 1,294 regular season NHL games, Pierre scored 515 goals and added 812 assists. The Hockey Hall of Fame is pleased to welcome Pierre Turgeon as an honored member. Well, there you go. The uh, National Hockey League and the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame working together again. That's my internet for those
1: watching. On you are not in the witness protection program on MSG. There you go, Dan. I love it. Actually, Dan, would... where are you? Where have you been? I... <laughs>
0: I would actually love to have that work for the entire season. We'll have to talk to Joe Pinner, our producer, and see
1: if we can just do that. That
0: would be great.
1: Uh, Uh, This is the perfect duo, and I know we're going off on a tangent right now. At some point in this show, Dan, I gotta warn you, my internet's gonna like kind of crap out <laughs> for like thirty seconds and come back. It always happens. It is brought to you by Spaulding Lake uh, Wi-Fi, and we've joked about this before. So you, uh, I completely come off. You just had the witness <laughs> protection uh, filter on, so it's all good. Yeah, but I
0: used to live in a little bit of the what we call the sticks before I moved over here to this side of the. Of the river, and we actually had to use satellite internet. I mean, we had to wait to get on a tower to get satellite internet. We were just across the river from Buffalo. Now I'm hooked up, and I, yeah, it looks like I'm in the witness protection program. Um, but the program for the Hockey Hall of Fame went through, uh, really without a hitch yesterday. Um, uh, we're going to talk about uh, obviously a very goaltender heavy uh, Hall of Fame, and obviously yep. not um, look past the others that were inducted as well because it is a real honor. Uh, for them and their careers. And uh, then there's always a discussion too, especially for those of us in Buffalo, about Alexander McGilney and the fact that he did not get in again. So we can't uh, not ignore that. But, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into the process. And as I mentioned, Marty, uh, the other day with Sal Capaccio, just before your show, um, and we talked about it just before going to air here, I have a lot of respect for the people that make the decisions here. And these are good people. Oh yeah, uh, they're, they're hockey people. They've been around the game for their entire lifetime. So it's not as if they don't know who Alex McGillney is. It's not as if they don't know the story. It's not as if they don't understand how remarkable of a player he was. Uh there's just a lot that goes into it. And um unfortunately for Alex it doesn't happen this time. And for a lot of Sabres fans who are hoping it would. It did not, uh, but we certainly do not want that to take away from those that were inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah.
1: And look, Alex McGillney, I believe, will get in the Hall of Fame at some point. And and you you gotta think about the impact they had on the game, not just at the NHL level but international uh level as well. And look, the the situation with Russia right now and the war in Ukraine is, is a little tricky. So maybe that had to be a factor. I, I I don't think it should be. Obviously, we're not, you know, this is not a a political statement of any kind, but I I maybe it did. Um and and there was a big push, a huge push the last few weeks to get more goalies into the Hall of Fame, which I'm in favor of if you get the right ones. Did you know, Dan, only seven goalies got into the Hall of Fame in the last 30 years? I do you know. because,
0: yeah, I looked at the Hall of Fame list by position today uh, when I found out two minutes ago I was going to be on your show. And I thought, okay, <laughs> let, let's look at all the goaltenders. I'm kidding. It was 20 minutes. yeah, um, yeah exactly. 22 minutes. We gave you Jeff. a little heads yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff's still not smiling, so he's not really listening. But that's <laughs> Jeff's our producer, by the way, for those that can't see him on the screen right now. Um, but, you know, I, I I was surprised. I looked down the list of goaltenders who are in the hockey hall of fame and i would say what marty 80 percent of them uh in all fairness to most fans certainly of this generation and certainly uh you know coming up behind our generation would have no idea who these players were i mean there are some highlights and really iconic names and there are some names that you quite honestly uh, before google would have trouble knowing
1: who they are so since 1993 Okay, like we're going to go back 30 years, but Billy Smith was inducted in 1993. Prior to him was Vladislav Trichak in 89, and then prior to him was Tony Esposito. And, and every year in the 80s, pretty much, you got a goalie. Ken Dryden, uh, Bernie Perrant, you got um, Jerry Cheevers, Eddie Jackman. Like, you got a lot of goalies. And then in 93, no. it stopped. It took 10 years. From 93 to 2003 to get Grand Fuhrer in. Then three years later, with Patrick Waugh, Ed Belfort, Dominic Ashek, and Rogi Vachon. Those are the six gold, uh, five goaltenders, okay, that got in past 1993. And obviously, you have Roberto Luongo that got in. And That's um great. now you have uh, the three that got in this time, including Tom Barrasso, Mike Vernon, and my buddy, Hank, I haven't sent him a text yet. I'm going to have to send him a text. But um, so, no, but yeah, you'll be there getting was a
0: text from other people who thought you made it to the. Hall. I know
1: I'm getting congratulation texts from uh, <laughs> Hall of Famer themselves saying congrats. You finally made it. And I'm like, ah, you send it to the wrong person. But anyway, um, yeah, so there was a huge push to try to get more goalies in. And I'm not one to say, well, there's not enough goalies because there's still. A fair amount of goalies, but in an era where goalies have been so dominant, right? Like you have to consider that they have had an, a bigger impact than a lot of other players in the game. Look, no disrespect to Pierre Turgeon. Pierre Turgeon was a fantastic hockey player. Love the guy. Love the guy. He comes in. He came in twice last year, you know, do Sabres alumni event. Fantastic guy. Was the uh, He's 34th in all-time scoring in the NHL. The 33 ahead of him are in the Hall of Fame. And the guy behind Pierre Turgeon is Gilbert Perot, is in the Hall of Fame, right? But was Rick Martin more dominant than Pierre Turgeon when Rico played? You somebody could say that with his goal scoring and everything that he was more dominant than certain players. So, look, McGilney was more dominant, I think. So, congrats on Pierre Turgeon. Well earned. Well earned honor. But we can kind of nip pick a little bit here for the selection committee and, and who got in and who didn't get it.
0: You can. And it leads me uh, a little bit to the discussion. I don't want to take it too off track. Cause I want to talk, let, let's not go there actually, because if I do start this, I know me, I'm going to take it, it right stopped. off. I'm the exa- <laughs> well, no, it's a good conversation. I think because I thought of it, but um, no, let's stay on tracks with your, your buddy, Henrik, because this yep. is uh this was a unanimous thought to pretty much everybody. Um, certainly of the now generation watching hockey and throughout his entire career. um, I I just came up with this. I want to turn it a little bit here because we're going to praise him up and down because he's earned it. Could you possibly find any reason in your mind that anyone would have said no, not yet?
1: Okay, so the only reason would have been he hasn't won a Stanley Cup. But I think what we have come to understand now, I, I, anyway, I would like to believe that we should understand is that the Hockey Hall of Fame is not a team Hall of Fame. It's a individual player. Your performances. Winning the Cup is a team uh, aspect of the game. And it's great. Our culture in hockey is about... Uh, being unselfish, being about the team sacrifice and all of it. And it makes the game great. But when you talk about the greatest of the great, it has to be individually. uh, It has to be your own personal achievements. So I look at Henrik Lundqvist. He took the league by storm, right? In 05-06, when we changed the game to add more scoring and he came over from Europe, He went seven straight years winning 30 or more games. It had never been done before. The first seven years of his NHL career, he won more than 30 wins. The only time in his first 12 seasons he didn't win 30, I think he got 26, and that's the lockout-shortened season of 2012-2013, where we only played 48 games, right? But he would have gone 30 if it had been a regular season. So that's impressive. He was a Vezina Trophy winner once, but a finalist four-time. He was a first-time All-Star, first-time second-team All-Star. He won gold in Torino in 2006. Like, so many, so many achievements, right? And people could say, well, he didn't win the Cup and only went to one final. I mean, oh, well, that's not his fault. Like, the yeah, Rangers so were good. Of, yeah. That's not his fault. Yeah,
0: only so much of that is in your control, especially as a goaltender. And, and I asked you before the show about... As a former goaltender yourself, part of the group that obviously pushed for this induction class and it worked. So your phone calls obviously have carry a lot of weight around the league <laughs> for goalies um, without mentioning yourself. But, you know, you're Henrik Lundqvist, you're Marty Baron, How do you as a goaltender want to be judged? Is it a statistic? Is it a number? Is it a something else that we haven't talked about?
1: So for me, I like to compare the players in their era against their peers, right? So um you look at Henrik Longquist from the time he started in 05 06 until the time he retired in 2021. He's second in wins in that time span, only behind Marc-Andre Fleury. Okay, Roberto Longo is behind him, Miller's behind him, pecarini Carey Price. That is to me is important. Uh he's First and safe, per- uh, second and safe percentage, only to Karras has a better safe percentage than en- Enric Lundqvist, right? Like you have to compare yourself within your era. Were you a top two, a top three goaltender in your era, right? That's why Patrick Raw, Marty Brodeur, Ed Belfour and Dominic Kasich, those two those four were probably top four in that era of the mid-90s, the mid-2000s maybe even early 90s when you think of Patrick, um, like those guys were it. They were the four. But after that, there others that were in and out, in and out. Curtis Joseph's a great uh, 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 example. He was really, really good. But was he one of the best of his era? I think there's other players ahead of him. Henrik Lundqvist, that's why you could say yes, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer because he was one of the best in his era. Carey That's, Price may be up there. Roberto Longo yeah. may be up there. But you can't name five or six ahead of Lundquist over that time span.
0: No, and, and, you know, it's the reason, too, why the other question could be, but the answer is pretty obvious. You know, Henrik Lundquist was going to be in the Hall of Fame. Does he have to be a first-time uh, entrant? Eligible. Yeah. yeah. Does he have to? Do you I mean, can you just wait and put somebody else in who's been waiting a bit longer, uh, whether it had been a, a Richter or anybody else um, or Osgood, if you want to throw a name in there? Uh, but it's quite obvious. Yes, if you because, they're you know, they're sometimes the eras overlap a little bit, but the dominant years of their careers were quite different. And as you mentioned, they had uh, some uh, some different results so uh, but the this... thing is
1: also as you talk about well yeah. who else could have got in right like I, I Tom Barrasso and because there's a Sabres connection there I say Tom Barrasso took the lead by storm same thing came in out of high school as an 18 year old one of Esna the Calder was you know different right we we didn't see 18 year old goaltenders coming out of high school and playing in the NHL Tom Barrasso did that Tom Barrasso had a fantastic career now I think what puts Tom Barrasso over the top a little bit compared to others in that, that conversation is the fact that he did win two Stanley Cups. And cups are nice. Like they're a part of the whole, you know, your resume. Yeah. Uh, if Tom Barrasso didn't have two Stanley Cups, would he be a Hall of Famer? So that's why Tom Barrasso didn't get in, get in until this year. Like maybe there was more of a push for him this year, but he didn't get in because. If you take away those two cups, Izzy, right? Like Longquist, no cups, he's still a Hall of Famer. If he had two cups, he'd he'd, he'd be on the pedestal ahead of everybody. Um, Mike Vernon, to me, I have, look, Mike Vernon was a fantastic goaltender. He played in an era where Grant Fuhrer was down the road in Edmonton and Patrick Waugh was in Montreal and you, you had like other goaltenders. Is Mike Vernon a top five goalie in his era? I don't know. Like what puts Mike Vernon over the top? Well, he did win the cup in 89 with the Flames. Then he did win it in 97 with the the, uh, the Red Wings. So he has two cups. So uh, maybe, okay, the cups work for Mike Vernon. I don't like looking at the cups as a way to put somebody in the Hall of Fame, but it helps your, your resume, especially if if people are pushing for you a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly, as a fan growing up in, in Mike Vernon's years um... – remember some pretty spectacular saves and moments and, and timing of saves too that for me are, I'm certainly okay with that. You know, Chris Osgood's another name I've already brought yeah. up. It's not one I've thought about a lot, but when I do start thinking about it, you know what? Yeah, I, it's, that's probably a pretty good one too. But you you brought up, so in two names you brought up, it's really interesting. <clears throat> Tom Barrasso, without the Cups, would he be? And I want to have fun with it and tell you, I tell you what, he was my wife's Brenda's favorite Buffalo Saber of all time is Tom Barrasso. And <laughs> do you yeah, ever well, meet him? Well she I don't well, I think she probably did. I mean she I I'm,
1: I'm, I'm only saying that tongue in cheek because I know, Tom I know was a different person. It. And yes. people in Buffalo I have so many stories of things that Tom Russell may have done on and off a golf course once or twice. And it's like, okay, but I, that's why I was asking. I'm yeah, being no, I know bit. you're
0: having, yes, you're having fun with it. But yes, uh, listen, there's stories that can be told about all of us, all right? And exactly. Most of the, <laughs> some of them we hope they're never told until we're long gone and people say, who was that guy anyway? But yeah. my point being that, you know, that that's her favorite Sabre. Uh, Turgeon would be the other, like, of all time. I mean, that for her growing up, that was... Those are her too. And then you mentioned about Curtis Joseph, how was he the one of the best of his era and having obviously being uh, worked in another market for a number of years, just down the highway, I can only imagine what the conversation is like on that end of the spectrum. So it is very um, it can be a regional discussion on who thinks who was the best. And that's why I asked you the question is how do you want to be measured? Because you could argue this guy was better at this. This guy was better at this. Well, how does this moment against St. Louis, how is it lesser than a Tom Barrasso moment for the Penguins where things worked out differently for him because of a much different team in front in that moment in time? Yeah. So it's, it's just really good to debate. And of course we're, um, you know, taking away from Pierre Turgeon a little okay, bit about well, the discussion about goaltenders. And-
1: because you want to debate like in a way, like who's the next goalie to get in? Who's the next goalie to get in? I think there's three guys on the list. That are because the door is now open. When you look at Mike Vernon and Tom Barrasso getting in, there's three guys on the list in that era of goaltender, right? I'm not looking at well, is Jonathan Quick a Hall of Famer? Or Ryan Miller a Hall of Famer? Carey Price a Hall of Famer? Pekarene Hall of Famer? Those are those discussions are coming up here in in three, four, five. So years, you're not right?
0: qualified. Yeah, you're not here to qualify them as Hall of Famers. You're asking who does get in next.
1: Who does get who's the next group? Like next year, a year from now, when they say mm-hmm. to announce the 2024 class of the hockey hall of fame, who is in? And I think there's three names that now come to the forefront. Chris Osgood, we pointed out, um, has always been that that borderline guy. You've got um, Mike Richter. I think that could be, I mean, Mike Richter. Oh my goodness. Like when you think of dominance and a and a goaltender that was at such an impact on the game and him winning the cup with the Rangers, like first time in 50 years or whatever it was like, you know, um, more than 50 years. And there's Curtis Joseph, Curtis Joseph seventh on the all-time win list. But again, was he a dominant goaltender? So, so Dan, I put three names, this, that, or the other thing, um, who gets in next? Curtis <laughs> Joseph. When, when when did the other thing Chris come Osgood. into this?
0: I haven't been clearly. I haven't been watching or listening every day, and I feel very guilty about that. So I missed the other the thing.
1: The uh, uh, yes. You know
0: what? I'm going to say Chris Osgood because when I look at the history of that Red Wings team and organization and what they were, the mountain they continued to keep getting so far up and then slipping down and not quite getting to the the summit, uh, yep. and everything they went through without the way that Chris Osgood played, I think all of their efforts that were amazing at times that did not pay off in the form of a Stanley cup championship. Eventually it did. Um, And he was a big part of it. So I'll go with Chris.
1: I, I I think Chris Osgood has a really strong shot just because in my opinion, when you look at Barrasso and Vernon going in Mm -hmm. and, and the big weighted aspect of those two going in is probably the Stanley cup. So when I look at uh, Chris Osgood, and I'm saying, well, you know what? He was an impactful goaltender with a Detroit Red Wings team and that that won cups. I'm saying yes. But I want Mike Richter in there. I want Mike Richter um, to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. And you're going to have to put those in quickly because it's so hard to compare eras. It's going to be hard then to have the Jonathan Quick, the Ryan Miller, the Carey Price, the Marc-Andre Fleury the pekka conversation in four or five mm-hmm. years and compare them to Osgood and Richter. All Just right, so like for, if, 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 it was if, hard for the guys in the 90s and 2000 to be compared to the 70s and 80s guys.
0: Okay, so you're the better encyclopedia here. Uh, of the Let's, let's go Richter-Osgood. Of the two on their march towards a Stanley Cup, who had the tougher opponents to stop oh. as far as scoring? So you look at the series that the Red Wings went through and the teams that they had to beat, and the series that they had to win, and the goaltending they needed, and then look at the Rangers in the year that they won the Cup. And I'm not belittling either side. I'm, I'm honestly asking you, who do you think had to be, without a question, the tougher competition being faced by which goaltender? And I mean, both what? both are Cup caliber. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But just for some way to differentiate. How are you doing it?
1: Um, It's hard. And I don't know. I would never... And and maybe people do it that way. Look, there's 18 people on the Hall of Fame committee, mm-hmm. and you need at least fifty, You need uh, to get to 15 votes, right? So 14 uh, doesn't get you in right away. You have to do a second round. It's like uh, you know, announcing the pope there. But uh, you know, there's second rounds and third rounds and all of that. But um, maybe people look at it and say, hey, you know what, Mike Richter won the cop. But who did he have to beat on his way to the cup? And Chris Osgood won multiple cups, right? He didn't just win one. Mm -hmm. Um, How did he do it? How did he get there? I remember that Chris Osgood came in one year and relieved Dominic Ashik. Ashick started the playoffs against Nashville. And then halfway through the Nashville series, Dom was struggling. Osgood came in won the cup. Boom. Like, that's, that's impressive. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as the body of work. Like, the
0: totality, okay.
1: Yeah, the totality. Like, yeah. if you beat the Colorado Avalanche and they had Joe Sakic and Peter Forsberg and and all these great players, well, it's a nice feather in your lap. As this is an old Jeopardy reference, but um, you know, it's great. But it doesn't make you a Hall of Fame because of who you beat on your way to a cup.
0: Okay. Just thought I'd give it a shot. See what you thought of that.
1: No, that's okay. I, you know? I, I like it, but we so are I, going I, I to I think have it is. To...
0: I think it is impressive who you. Um. I mean, because those series for me were just out of this world, the the Red Wings and the Avalanche and, and everything that I mean, that was that was it was it was a different planet. I mean, hockey had really um, seen great series before, but that. That was just there was so much more to those series and everything that was going on in there. Because Chris Osgood fought skill. Patrick
1: Waugh, does that put him at a higher level?
0: <laughs> oh no, I remember I the wasn't I, go, go, I wasn't even going there. I mean the emotion was there, but I, I wasn't even going there.
1: Although Chris Osgood and Patrick Waugh's fight was not as good as Mike Vernon and Patrick Waugh's fight. Mike Vernon yeah. is a littler of of those goalies, and he absolutely like cut open patrick and patrick right. was bleeding and after then, fighting mike vernon that's why mike vernon is in the hall of fame he <laughs> cut open patrick law in an open ice fight and that's what put him in
0: yeah and meanwhile felix potvan and ron hextall now want to be in the hall of fame too because they think they had a better scrap
1: i think they are in the hall of fame not as honored members but there's a picture of felix and, and ron hextall in a fight somewhere in the hall of fame that has to be like Those are iconic moments. But, yeah, so um, the goalie conversation the Hall of Fame is interesting, Dan. And, I mean, we could go on and on because at some point we're going to have the Ryan Miller, uh, you know, conversation. Is Ryan Miller a hockey Hall of Famer? Um, is Jonathan Quick a Hall of Famer? Is, is Tim Thomas a Hall of Famer? Like all these guys that are, you know, just – But based on what we- you
0: said, I think so. For Ryan Miller, based on uh, – and again, I'm, I'm giving you credit for it. Based on your – parameters for uh, a hall of fame uh, election induction Ryan Miller during his playing days I think was top of the class as far as how good of a goaltender was he if you wanted someone to be in net for a game that you wanted to win would he be one of the top of his era let's say his class would he be one of the top three that you would want in net
1: now, And let then, me ask you this
0: then you start having your arguments about why any of the three
1: what if I, I I like to use individual achievements like first team all star, second team all star, uh you know, major awards like that's big. Ryan Miller really had one amazing, amazing season where he was first team all star, he was fourth in the MVP conversation, he was one of Vesna. We're going back to two thousand nine, two thousand ten. He never was a first or second team All Star prior to that or after that. He never was a Vesna Trophy finalist prior to that or after that. Like that's where you do the you have to do the deep dive. Now that same year, right, is the uh, the Olympics, right? The uh, Vancouver Olympics in two thousand ten. Yep. Like that weighs in too. He was MVP. He was the best goalie. Like Henrik Lundqvist without Torino and the gold medal with Sweden, is he a lock or is that set the stage for Lundqvist's career, just like Ryan Miller? And it also depends who's going to come in at the same time. Like who's going to be, is Gary Price going to be in a conversation? Is Marc-Andre Fleury going to be in the conversation whenever Marc-Andre Fleury retires? Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be a lot of other goalies that are going to be in that conversation that are going to maybe push Miller off or maybe Miller going to get in. Maybe Miller has got a good friend on the committee that's able to, to, you know, uh, move things around and make it happen. So that's, that's why those are interesting, but also it's interesting because we do have Darren Drager coming up at 1230 here and there's, Goalie news around the league, right? Where is Connor right. Hellebuck going? What's going to happen with Aiden Hill? Uh, you know, there's so the goalie movement this summer is going to be crazy. So this, I feel like, this is the morning or the afternoon of the goalie. This is the day of the goalie. The day you know after we get in the Hall of Fame, we yeah. talk goalie and only goalies today.
0: You know what? The 11-day power play got underway yesterday in oh, Let's talk about and, that too. Uh, talk about goaltending. I'm now. I'm now. They call him Sully. I believe it's Mike Sullivan was in goal for team white in the first uh, official opening game at seven o'clock. Yeah. So I was down there doing some play by play of uh, that game and the game at eight o'clock. But Sully, as they called him uh, amazing glove hand in that first game for team white. And uh, everybody else that was involved, uh, a look there, Courtney and DJ Jixter, who were all part of the opening ceremonies yesterday as well. So just a quick shout out to the 11-Day Power Play. What an amazing job, again, uh, that Mike and Amy Lezikowski continue to do with this uh, mission, uh, that they are not going to stop their march towards uh, fighting and defeating cancer. Uh, That has been part of both of their lives. The co-founders of the 11-Day Power Play spoke to the crowd last night at Harbour Centre, and they're playing now. And, uh, they call it the 11 day power play for a reason. So it just got started. You've got lots of time to head to the rink any time of the day or night, as you have Marty to go and uh, encourage the players.
1: Look, it may rain the next few days. So what are you going to do? Can't cut the grass, can't golf, can't go to the little league uh, baseball game and sit outside. Go and cheer on everybody that's playing. Community shifts is going on. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it's fun to play when there's people there cheering on. The seven hundred and fifty-second goal of the of the of the week, right? Because they keep tabs on white against blue and uh, yep. overall uh, scores. So um, go down there, go buy merch. I'm telling you, like their hats and That's hoodies cool. and shirts is really cool. There's a lot of cool merch, and when you wear that merchandise everywhere, people recognize it. Like I wear my eleven-day power play hat. Um, sometimes if I'm, you know, at a horse show with my girls and I'll be down in Kentucky or whatever. And they're like, Hey, is this the hockey game in Buffalo? uh, Yes, it is. Like people recognize it and it's great to see.
0: Well, there's someone by the name of Dennis Gilbert that was playing last night. Oh, did he? Yeah. He played, uh, in the opener and you might, uh, folks might remember that he made it pretty clear to the, uh, organization out in Calgary that this was something he was going to do. And yeah. Uh, You weren't going to stop them. They actually
1: supported. They actually raised money in Calgary with the Flames um, for the 11-day power play this year. Um, So, yeah, Dennis is great. I saw him at a lunch earlier this year. Um, He's a great storyteller, and he'll probably play more than one shift. He'll probably be there two or three more times this week
0: hundred percent. He had the flames gear on. And then of course the power play Jersey uh, over top of that. So uh, okay. that was good to see for a play by play guy who doesn't know a lot of the names that are on the ice for that, <laughs> for that first couple of shifts. Well, right, thanks he-
1: for doing that last night, Dan. Thanks for oh, doing it. It's that.
0: always a pleasure. Are you kidding me? It's funny. They say thanks for donating your time. And these are people that are sleeping for 11 days at the rink and not leaving and just playing hockey for three hour shifts at a time. So uh, my time so. is nothing for that. Uh, we have a lot of time for our next guest coming up in a moment, uh, Darren Dreger. He'll talk about all the happenings, uh, scuttlebutt, and discussions going on around the National Hockey League, as Marty said, about goaltenders, other players as well, potential free agents, uh, who might go where. And of course, the draft is right around the corner as well. Sabres Live will continue in just a moment.